Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. What you said about it has to be the right guy. If there's a quarterback in this draft that you think is that guy, would you move heaven and earth to get him? Would you go up to number one? Yes, I'd do whatever it takes. If we if we thought there's a player that, that we're driven to get that makes the franchise and the team better, that's what we would do. That is uh, Chris Ballard, the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That is the biggest fear that I sensed Sunday night, Monday morning, maybe still now, I don't know, um, among Texan fans that they went and won that game, Seth? Is it – Yeah. Is that you? You fell out of number one, and now the Bears, who have a quarterback, are going to be open for business, and the Colts, who are well within striking distance to move up from four to one, are going to move heaven and earth, as Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, just said they would to go get a quarterback. Now he didn't say we would do that to go get Bryce Young. He wasn't specific. He was just answering a question about would you move heaven and earth to go get a franchise changing quarterback? I think every GM would say yes to that if you yeah. knew what that was. If you knew it was going to be that guy, um, but that's what Texan fans are scared of right now. They- this is this is how it's going to work out, Sean. Okay, Ben, mark this down in my book of promises. This is how it's going to work out. The Texans falling to the number two overall draft slot will be the greatest thing that ever happened to the Texans because drafting. A 190-pound quarterback with a number one pick overall is an invitation to get fired if it doesn't work out because it's such an easy, oh, what were you thinking, criticism afterwards. Everybody knew, everybody knew that he was too small and that he was going to get injured as often as he did. Whereas with a number two overall spot, it's irrational, it doesn't make any sense, and yet there's not the stigma attached to number two overall that there is to number one overall. So GMs are going to be afraid to trade up to number one overall to draft Bryce Young because of that size dynamic. At number two overall, hey, we're just using our first-round pick on Bryce Young. If he gets hurt, that's on him, baby. And uh, it's as simple as that. It is So I predict that the Texans will take Bryce Young with number two overall because people would rather trade for for a normal-sized quarterback out of some weird conference in the Dakotas where the quarterback is is, – where did Trey Lance go to school? He played played like four games in college. North Dakota Um, State. It makes – they feel more confident 
trading away an entire draft for Trey Lance than they do in taking a guy like Bryce Young simply because Trey Lance looks the type. So, uh, and that what, but it also wasn't for number one overall. Also, it was, you know, so it's. Um, I think the Texans are still in a in a good spot. And I know, Sean, you have data to back this. up. I do, I do. Well, just the the sheer infrequency with which the number one overall pick has been moved. Yeah. In this century, it's it's been traded just three times. Now it's all been for quarterbacks. It's all been for quarterbacks, but it's only been moved three times. Since the year 2000. Because, um, because GMs are terrified of the number one overall pick. That's right. It's a, it's a target on your back. Yep. Um, these are the three times. I'll work chronologically backwards. The most recent was 2016, when the Rams traded up with the Tennessee Titans to draft Jared Goff. Similar situation to this year in that Tennessee wound up with the number one overall pick but already had drafted Marcus Mariota the year before. So in this case... Justin Fields is playing the role of Marcus Mariota. Number one overall pick. We don't need one. We drafted our guy the year before, and we think that that we don't need to draft a quarterback. Now, <laughs> it didn't work out with Marcus Mariota in Tennessee, but that's besides the point. Um, the Rams traded up to number one. They got the number one overall pick and a couple day three picks for the 15th overall pick, two second rounders, a third rounder, and then a first and a third the following year. So that was the price to move up 14 spots for the Rams. They traded up 14 spots, and the net of that was two seconds, a third, and then a first and a third the following year. And uh, and, and one of the weirder things that happens these days is that they make it to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and yet... It was also a bad pick. I don't know what. How do we classify that? The now that they that they ultimately had to part with him, and yet that they did win with him. What's the uh, what's this? How how was that trade? I think was, I I think if, if the question is like would you would you do it over again if you were the Rams? I think you would, and here's why. Yeah, Goff got to a Super Bowl. You got to a Super Bowl not because of him, but with him. Yeah, he was also, and you also flipped him and some picks to go get Matthew Stafford. Like eventually, the chain of events led to you winning a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Goff was involved in that. And but he you, is still. I almost. It might turn out. Who knows? Depending on how Goff does with dude. Detroit, it might turn out that it was just actually that Sean McVay couldn't get the most out of Jared Goff. But Ben Johnson Which, could. <laughs> all this stuff just is uh, is so ridiculously fluid. So here are the other two. Okay. Um. The previous one was 12 years before that. This one's a little different. This was in 2004. That was the Eli Manning, Philip Rivers flip flop between the char- the Chargers had the first overall pick, the Giants had the fourth overall pick. But Eli Manning's family dug their heels in Archie, his dad, and said he ain't going to San Diego. This is back yeah. when San Diego was widely thought of as a joke of a franchise. Yeah. Um, so the the two teams drafted their guy. Eli got drafted by the Chargers on paper, had to walk up to the podium, hold a Charger jersey as if he were holding a jersey for Al-Qaeda or something like that. That's the look he had on his face. It was face. a prisoner video. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. You should, I've learned so much in my time with the Chargers. <laughs> right? I changed the way I think about things. That's right. Death to America. That's yes. right. So shortly thereafter, and Rivers ended up getting drafted on paper by the Giants later that weekend. They flipped the two around, and in the net of that, the Chargers, in addition to getting Phillip Rivers, picked up a third-round pick and then a first and a third the following year. So, so it ends up being, yeah, for all intents and purposes, a trade of number one overall. Yeah, yeah, it ends up being yeah. it ends up being the the Giants moving up from four to one and giving up two thirds and a first to do that. Even so, though it wasn't technically a draft 
Yeah, tree, but yeah, yeah, but that's you. that's that's functionally how it so, works. But out. if you wanted, for your own purposes, you could cast that out and say that it's only two times. It's only happened twice. Yeah, but that's how much integrity you have. Yes, that I, you that you you're including that. I am yeah. going to let the people make their own assessment of that trade as to whether or not it should be included in this segment. Absolutely. The funny thing they don't mention is that Eli Manning, if his last name wasn't Manning, he would have gone in the fifth round. Like, <laughs> and you're right, right. Yeah, prepare. This is like, uh, the the best example ever of just like as long as you just keep giving people opportunities and uh, you know. The, eventually they'll figure it out. Yep. Arthur Smith, the <laughs> Arthur Smith, son of one of the owners of the Titans, uh, got to remain on staff through three different head coaches, and eventually he actually got to prove that he was actually a pretty good offensive coordinator. And yep. Now he's a head coach. Yeah. He is in Atlanta. Speaking of Atlanta, they were the other team to move up to number one this century. Back in 2001, they traded again with the San Diego Chargers. San Diego's been on the business end of a few of these. Yeah. Um, they move up. The Atlanta Falcons moved up from five to one, and in the process <clears throat> gave up a relative pittance, honestly, to move up and get Michael Vick. They yeah. gave up a third, a second the following year, and wide receiver Tim Dwight, a little shifty yeah, white Tim guy. Dwight. Yeah, they yeah, feel, he was fast as hell. Iowa. Yeah, yeah, Iowa, Iowa. Yeah, so Tim Dwight, all American track star, well, star, whatever, all American in track as well. Yeah. Feels like a very random throw in. That feels like a, a GM flexing his muscles, like putting the phone on mute and saying, "Who else do we think we can get thrown in this deal?" Like Costner did on draft day. San Diego got Tim Dwight, huh? Yeah, Tim Dwight, a second and a third. Now, if this trade, I would say this trade actually worked out better for San Diego. You know who San Diego ended up taking with the fifth pick after moving down? Ladanian Tomlinson. <laughs> So he's aight. He aight. <laughs> um, but that was the only other time. So it, it only ever happens when it does. It only happened three times. And when it does happen, it typically it's always for quarterbacks. Goff. Now, Mike Vick would Vick. be the closest to in terms of being not the normal prototype size. Yep. Mike Vick's the closest to Bryce Young. Obviously, they're different athletes. Um so with Bryce Young, Bryce Young, it's more of his actual quarterbacking ability that, like traditional quarterbacking ability, that makes you want to overlook his size concerns. With Vic, it was just that he was just so physically talented. It is a shame. I like if you think about what Vic might have done if he'd been with Andy Reid his entire career. You know, because I feel like Andy Reid just tapped into – Andy Reid's just very good at getting the most out of quarterbacks yep. and figuring out how to use their natural – but then also in, in bringing them along and teaching them, you know, and, and uh, just uh, like uh, developing them into actual quarterbacks. And Vic didn't really have that until later in his career and yeah. after a little bit of a – a little bit of an incident. So he, no need to there was something. move along. Nothing, no, no big deal. It yeah. was something. I'd have to go look at Wikipedia to see what exactly that well, was, but he was gone you know what, for a though, little while. That is another thing. I wonder if he had like if he had gone – how close was he? Where did he grow up? Virginia. Grew up Virginia Beach, Virginia, I think. Yeah. Rel- like, so relatively close to Atlanta. Um, like a, oh, but Virginia Beach. I think so. Yeah, so a ways away. Pretty yeah. sure. I always wonder if he'd been if he'd gone up to Philly, it wouldn't have been. He still would have been relatively close. You always worry. Sometimes you just wonder if guys had if guys had just gotten drafted to a place 
like Aaron Hernandez, you know, if Aaron Hernandez hadn't been right in his own backyard um, from where some of the worst influences were for him, would it have turned out different for him? I want to say yes, but he was a person of interest in a couple of homicides at Florida. So, uh, or <laughs> homicide was. attempts at Florida. He so I, uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I yeah. think he was going to be a bad guy wherever he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Michael Vick, Newport News, Virginia, which is a, it's a beach town. It's, it's along the shore in Virginia. Um, so those are the three times it's been moved, and so it doesn't happen all that often. So this, I tell you this, Texan fan, um, don't be too afraid. Don't walk around on eggshells for these next three months. Enjoy the process, man. You got the number two overall pick. You got five of the top 75 picks, and as John McClain would tell you, and you got Mechie coming back, which is like having another two. So yeah. you're good. You basically got six of the top 75 players in this draft. I was skeptical of that line of reasoning out of John and uh, but now I because I, you know if a guy gets injured and gets put on IR his rookie year you don't say the next year well it's like having an extra draft pick um, I, so I don't I, I'm still not buying into it wholeheartedly I think it's because it's a different circumstance than an injury that that it feels like a draft pick I suppose so I true know. it's like John dabbles in oncology in his spare time or something yeah, like that epic. which honestly like and, and it's awesome like it, it's great that I, it's it's really really great news that John Mechie for sure uh, seems seems to be doing really well but there is still a part that like look we've been through this with Quesenberry like let's not pretend like hey you had a little cancer scare and everything's cool now let's go full steam ahead like you got to monitor this and be careful about it and just be sure you know there's there's other things that are more important before you before you throw them out there on your projected starters list I gotta find the text this is random but this time yesterday Seth for some reason brought up Einstein's list of demands to his wife back in the day yes. there's a texter <laughs> asking us about that i can't find the text it's on the trailer wheel and frame text page why did i why did i bring that up i forget was it because we were talking about coaching candidates maybe making a list of demands or something like that maybe yeah i had never heard einstein of this before a, though i you you, you i never heard of einstein doing this with his i guess his first wife that they he had were, in, like a, a specific, uh, instructions as to like when he was when he was uh, when she was permitted to talk to him, yeah, and uh, what her expectations. I got were it in front of me. Everything. I googled yeah. it hey, yesterday. Anybody, before before you have this knee jerk, like, well, that's what people should do before they get married. Just hold on. Yeah, hang on. Here, just hold on. So their marriage. <laughs> I, I won't get into all the reasons, but their marriage was on the rocks. Albert this Einstein. Is, Albert Einstein was the up Andrew stuff. Tate of the uh, 20th century. <laughs> Some messed up stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. He and his wife, Maleva, their marriage was on the rocks. And apparently she was a physicist just like he was or dabbled in physics like Einstein. Yeah. Einstein. And, and she was a very controversial figure because I guess physics nerds from back in the day thought that her theories were influencing his theories. She was like the Yoko Ono of physics back in the day. Or the Nancy Reagan. Right. Of, uh, yeah. Right. The, the people worried that Nancy was was telling Ronald what to do. So, yeah, it was um, – and there were also – just an interesting little side note to this time. Yeah. It was back in the 1920s and 30s, uh, there were a bunch of European women physicists who were like for, foremost in their field. It was, a, it, was, it was strange how things changed over the years. Um, but the, back like when we were at our most like sexist and everything, there were actually some really like brilliant and prominent female physicists, and and apparently she was uh, she was pretty well respected for her thoughts. Yeah. Here, Einstein's list of demands to his first wife Maleva, if he's going to try to salvage the marriage for the sake of the kids, um, okay. these are the conditions: A, you will make sure one, my clothes and laundry are kept in good order; okay. two. 
that I will receive my three meals regularly in my room. In my room. God, he That's sounds a like big a, one. Sounds in like my a, room. Sounds like a 16-year-old. <laughs> three, three, that my bedroom and study are kept neat, and especially that my desk is left for my use only. Don't go touching my stuff, woman. That's what he's saying. Yeah, well, you know, we don't know what it was like before. She was, look, she was a physicist and a mathematician. Yeah. Which, you know... Not always the most conscientious or uh, or or neat and tidy of folks, right? Kind of like a mad scientist types. Maybe she was a mess. She needed this talking to. Yeah, she was almost like you're, lady. You're a slob, okay? okay? And I, I'm not. I refuse to eat with you until you learn to eat with your mouth closed. So I'll take my meals in my room. Are you ready? There's more. There's more. Yeah. That was just category A. Here's category B of Albert Einstein's demands to his first wife, Maleva. Uh, you will renounce all personal relations with me insofar as they are not completely necessary for social reasons. Specifically, you will forego the following. One, my sitting at home with you. Two, my going out or traveling with you. So I'm, I'm going to spend no time with you at home. And I'm yeah. going to spend no, not only am I not going to spend any time with you out and about, I'm not even going to leave the house with you. So this is strictly for the kids at this yes, point. The yes. kids and uh, purposes of appearances, like just society. This sounds like, okay, we're going to, we're not getting divorced, but we're divorced, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, okay. as someone who's been through a divorce myself, I would say this is really not a productive endeavor that they're doing here. The kids might well, have been able to sniff this out. certainly not the verbiage. Out. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, maybe they had to figure something I don't know. Maybe there's an inheritance involved or something, but yeah. Like, but again, uh, Einstein on the old physicist mathematician side. Yes, not always the best with the interpersonal stuff. Right, They're kind of right. just cut and dry about things. Yeah. Two more categories, real quick. C okay. category C. You will obey the following points in your relations oh, with me. Oh boy. One, yeah. you will not expect any intimacy from me, nor will you reproach me in any way. He's not a machine, Sean, there for her pleasure. <laughs> there was no blue chew back in the He's 1920s. He's not a sex bot. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. Number two, you will, st- <laughs> you will stop talking to me if I request it. Stop <laughs> talking like to me. She's a chatterbox. She sounds like a slovenly chatterbox, okay? And frankly, this is the best thing that ever happened to her because she needed a talking to about it. Nobody, Everybody had always been too afraid of her to, to tell her the truth. This guy's unbelievable. Three, three, you will leave my bedroom or study immediately without protest if I request it. Get out! All right, last category. This is its own category, category D. Yeah. You will not undertake nor belittle me in front of our children, either through words or behavior. So yeah. there you go. I uh, uh, I hate to be this guy, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I honestly, I have, I know nothing about her. I, like she might have been is, is like a Mary Todd Lincoln type, right. and uh, something like somebody that was just so hard to handle that at some point Einstein just had to say, for the good of humanity, yeah. lady, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to provide energy for the entire world, and perhaps you know the ability to destroy it as well. But uh, I cannot do it with your incessant chattering. I, <laughs> I need you to stop <laughs> nagging me about all this stuff. I'm adding up. There's a total of nine demands. I. This yeah. guy's so out of line. I've only asked Amy for like five of these. This guy's way out of line. Way out of the line. The meals in his room. I, I, you know what I'm jealous That's of? That's a good one. Apparently he just spent all day in his room. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but how, he had, and there was no internet back then. Killer gaming setup. Yeah. <laughs>
abacus. Chinese checkers. Melva! Melva! He's he's Melva, get the door! He's he's what's he doing? He's in there gaming again. He's sitting there in front of a cribbage board. Oh gamer. Sitting in there. He's he's gaming and listening to Megadeth on ten and it's just it's 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 getting to be a thing. Screaming me this screw me this letter the other day, you should see it. Maleva, meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and then yada yada yada. They ended up getting divorced anyways, and Einstein married his cousin. The end. True story, by she the way. She was the hot one. Yeah, she was yeah. Like, uh, yeah. They moved. I to- think Maleva was Maleva was a little bit of a uh, look. It was a classic story. Yep. You know, marry marry your kind of plain high school sweetheart. All of a sudden, achieve world fame as a physicist. Yep. Uh, you dump her for your hot cousin. That's, That's right. Like uh, story all this time. And moved yeah. to Tennessee. That's what they did. Loaded up the truck and they moved to Tennessee. <laughs> all right. Um, Laramie Tunsil, uh, does he get a contract extension this offseason? We asked Nick Casario about the Texans' left tackle. You hear it next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 